With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I am your host, Sean, joined, as always, by Jamie for this big fight preview. We've got a little bit of a double header this week as we have a Thursday night fight, which is Tiafimo Lopez and Jermaine Ortiz in the super lightweight division. Tiafimo defending that WBO super lightweight crown. And on Saturday, there are two cards on. There is a DAZN card, a matchroom card featuring Liam Dillon versus Reese Bellotti, which I think is a really good fight. But the one that I really wanted to cover with yourself, Jamie, is a bit of a crossroads fight on the Queensbury card, which is Hamza Sheraz versus Liam Williams in the middleweight division. A really interesting fight, that one. Looking forward to talking about how that plays out. They're the, they're the big fights of the weekend, but there are other fights to mention, of course, guys, while we're on here. And a certain retirement from a certain boxer we've been speaking about in the past couple of weeks, we're also going to talk about on the show as well. So, Jamie, let's let's get into it. Thursday night is the first big fight of the week, which is Tiafimo and Jermaine Ortiz. And yeah, it's uh, it snuck up on me this one a little bit because I anticipated it being on the on the Saturday, and you know I looked today again and I thought oh, it's Thursday, so we better get cracking, get a big fight preview done, and get something out there for you guys to listen to. Tiafimo defending his title, Jamie, against Jermaine Ortiz. Jermaine's only loss on his resume is, of course, against a mutual opponent of theirs, which is Vasily Lomachenko. Tiafimo, of course, handled him and then went a little bit awry, and then he seems to have brought himself back with that big win over Josh Taylor last year. What are we expecting out of this one, then? Are we expecting a a, a standard defence? Do you think Jermaine's going to cause him any problems, Tiafimo Lopez? Well, he has got the potential to cause him problems. And as I always say, uh, I start and then I always go back to the beginning, don't I? I just want to say good evening to everyone. Pleasure to be here. 
Um, and just carrying on with my diatribe there. Yeah, he's got the uh, he's got the potential to spring an upset. He's done that against Jermaine uh, Jamel Herring, I should say, not Jermaine. Um, Jamel Herring, which was a bit of an upset there, wasn't it? In uh, in May of 2022, time has passed. Um, and then obviously he's been in with uh, Vasil Lomachenko. He lost that one. There's no shame in that. I was one of the few people that considered Lomachenko to have beaten Devin Haney. So I think he's still on a bit of an upward trajectory, really, Lomachenko. So, yeah, um, decent decent voluntary defence for TFMO Lopez. Um, he is number 10, number 10 in the rankings of the WBO Jermaine Ortiz. So this is a voluntary and like you, you know, it's a bit surprising to be boxing on a Thursday night, but quite a pleasant surprise because I'm one of the one of the sort of people, why does boxing have to be on a Saturday night? You know what I mean? It, it can be any night of the week and it would stop a lot of a lot of disruptions. I mean, we had two cards last weekend. Um, not that I would have been interested in watching Conor Ben if you've listened to me latest rants. But, you know, it's nice to be given the choice, isn't it? You don't want to have to have to have four TVs in your house too well yeah two TVs in your house just to watch two cards why, why can't we have boxing spread out over the week you know and, and spoil us so yeah I don't think in terms of the actual fight itself I don't think Jermaine Ortiz will really um, spring an upset I don't think he'll really trouble TFM and Ralo Lopez as a good boxer fighter um, he can go into the trenches as he did against uh, Josh Taylor and he can box uh, with a sophisticated air about him as he did with Vasil Lomachenko. He, you know, he can do it all to Vimo Lopez. And uh, he's a very sort of live candidate. And he's trying to get the Terence Crawford fight at the moment. But, you know, obviously many people would bet against him. But, um, he, yeah, he'd be a very live candidate in that fight. He's certainly no mug to Vimo Lopez. So, yeah, I'm expecting, well, it's early to make a prediction, but I'm expecting him to maybe just go out there um, carry on with his last fight against Josh Taylor, maybe just bank a few rounds and uh, get a points win. But, you know, judging by my last two predictions, uh, I wouldn't put a bet on other bookies if I were you. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the thing. We don't really claim that we are prediction specialists on this show. We never have. Me and Johnston have never claimed to be prediction specialists either or anybody that's kind of come on this show. It's just kind of like what you kind of see happening and how you see things riding out. And I think really the overarching conversation for me with Tiafimo in this fight is he's sort of seeing if he's, he's progressed further along in his career. And I think if he handles Ortiz handily, I think we can start to honestly say he's kind of got over that difficult period outside of the ring in his life where he had that big win over Lomachenko a few years ago and that that was an amazing upset it was a fantastic win for him and it just really it set things alight didn't it you know that big win and then and then to lose to Cambosis via a split decision and then all the stuff that was going on outside of the ring he just kind of felt like maybe he was on a bit of a slide and I'll be honest with you I felt mentally he was on a decline to the point where maybe we'll never see Tiafimo reached the same heights as he did against Vasily Lomachenko. But what I've saw so far is, yes, he got a, a controversial split decision over Sander Martin. He got the victory over Josh Taylor, which I thought he looked great in that fight. And, and it was that fight in particular to me last year where I felt like maybe what's going on outside of the ring is no longer affecting him because his performance on that night was, was pretty sublime and he just completely outboxed Josh Taylor. And for me now, at this stage of his career, I'm looking at him and I'm thinking... You know, look at the names that are around. 
there's some big fights. He's 26 years old. He, he want to be looking at the big fights in this division. I know you mentioned Crawford, but I'm just looking at this division alone. You know, look at Haney, who's obviously beaten Regis Progre. I think Haney versus Lopez is the fighter for the division and the super lightweight division. And outside of those fighting, you've got Richards and Hitchens, uh, Sabriel Matias, who we've mentioned a few times this year already, and Arnold Barboza Jr., who we've also mentioned previously as well. And, you know, there's quite a few good fights around there. You've even got Ryan Garcia, if you really want it. If you want Lopez versus Garcia, that would be a certainly interesting press conference and media tour with the likes of Lopez and his father and the likes of Garcia and his entourage. I think that would make for a, a little bit of a spectacle. When I look at the Ortiz fight, though, I'm not discounting Ortiz in it because I think he will provide some challenges for Tiafimo to overcome. But I just I just think Tiafimo looks like he's back to the Tiafimo we saw against Lomachenko. And if that is the same person outside of the ring and inside of the ring that we've got, we're in for a pretty exciting year or two here because we've got some major fights on the horizon. I look at Jermaine Ortiz and I look at his biggest win over Jamel Herring, an aging Jamel Herring, and I think you know that that's kind of your claim to fame really in the boxing world at the moment is that and, and the loss to Lomachenko. He hasn't really done anything else significant in his career with the greatest of respect to him. So can I see him beating Tiafimo Lopez this weekend or this Thursday, should I say? No, I can't. I can't see him beating him. What I can see is Tiafimo getting a, a potential late stoppage or bordering on a dominance points win for this fight. And that's literally my prediction for it, Jamie. I can't really see... I can't see an upset. I'm not saying it's impossible because we've seen Cambosis dethrone Tiafimo Lopez, of course, a couple of years ago. So it's not impossible because it has happened. But from what I've seen, from what I've read, my interpretation is that Tiafimo is back to Tiafimo that he was a couple of years ago and that this will be a, another good decisive win for him. And we'll be talking about this next week in the sense of what are the big fights for him out there other than the ones in the super lightweight division. So are you kind of pretty set in your mind about this this prediction of Tiafimo getting the win? And also, are you are you feeling like since he's returned to the ring and he's got those victories under his belt and that performance against Josh Taylor, do you feel like me? Do you feel like he's kind of getting back to that old Tiafimo now? Yeah, I do. Um, and, you know, it's nice to be on the same page for once with a prediction. You know, the last couple of weeks, I think we've been slightly off the same page. Um, in terms of TFMO Lopez and, and the mental state, boxing, the age-old problem has been that boxing, you know, you hear that saying, boxing is maybe 97% physical and 3% mental. We've seen it with some of the greatest fighters ever. You know, Mike Tyson in particular springs to mind. Doesn't matter how good you are physically, if you're not there mentally, um, you're not really going to be at the races, you know. Uh, TFMO Lopez... He did have quite a big battle going on in his personal life. He had a divorce. Uh, I think he, I'm not sure if he had a custody battle, but there were certainly kids involved. That's enough to shake your head um, and shake your brain, you know, and, and maybe not put you in the right frame of mind. Um, couple that with the fact that his dad is nothing short of, of what seemed to be sort of ever-present in the world of boxing, a bit of a gobshite, um, and a man who seems to dictate to TFEMO you know, when I've seen interviews, when I've seen, you know, the way that he is in terms of his father, I mean, we're all, you know, it's a case-by-case -case basis in terms of your personal life. You might be in awe of your father, but he truly is. And I think that's sort of um, set him back a little bit as well because he's just, 
you know, his dad wasn't very happy with the situation in his personal life. I don't think he was happy with the, the lady and he chose for his wife. So, you know, he's trying to please everyone on all fronts. Now that situation seems to have cleared up in his personal life. I think he can move forward, focus on the boxing. And the fact that his situation has cleared up, um, you know, it showed in abundance against Josh Taylor, who was the uh, consensus number one in the division. Besides Jack Catterall, you know, he had all the all the plaudits. He had everything on paper. So, you know, to beat him as comprehensively as he did shows he is back to his best. And, um, you know, I sort of slept on the idea of him finding Devin Haney when I shouldn't have done. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but that's a very exciting prospect in itself. And certainly one that I think he can win because unlike Devin Haney, I think um, Tiafimo Lopez has an extra facet to his game whereby... And I mean, uh, Devin Haney might be able to do this. He certainly hasn't shown it. Um, T.O. Lopez can fight as well as box. Uh, and I don't know whether that's because Haney's not really out to dig in or whether it's just he can't do it. I'm not, I'm not sure, but I would be rooting for T.O. Lopez in that fight. A lot of exciting prospects for Tiafimo Lopez going forward. But first, he has to get past Jermaine. He's on this Thursday night card. I also wanted to mention a couple of names on the card that might be worth keeping an eye on. Kayshawn Davis, for those that are American that listen to the show and you've heard me and you've even heard Lukey come on the show, he raves a lot about Kayshawn Davis and, and what the potential might hold for him. He's got a really massive step up, in my opinion, against Jose Pedraza on this card, which is really going to be interesting because, again, it's a lightweight division clash and, you know, you look at the lightweight division as a, as one of the hotbeds for boxing at the moment. So it's really going to be interesting to see how he gets on with Jose Pedaza as well. And you've got Abdullah Mason on there. You've got Charlie Sheehy, 8-0 on there as well. Alan Garcia, 10-0. So there's some interesting names that you want to be following, especially us from the UK. You know, we don't really follow a great deal of the undercards of American boxing unless you're a bit of a hardcore fan. But there are some names on there that I've been following for a year or two. And, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they're progressing. So if you are interested in watching it, get yourself tuned into it. I'm looking forward to seeing how Tiafimo Lopez gets on on Thursday or the early hours of Friday morning for ourselves in the UK. So then we're going to turn our attentions to the weekend's UK-based boxing cards. And I mentioned at the top of the show, there is two cards on this weekend. And going back to what you said earlier, Jamie, about the frustrations of trying to juggle between two screens watching two cards it's happened again we've got Liam Dillon versus Reese Bellotti on zone for the British Super Feather and Commonwealth Super Featherweight title and then we've also got Hamza Sheraz versus Liam Williams in the middleweight division which is probably the one that I want to talk about in more detail for this big fight preview because it is a crossroads fight in my opinion and I'm pretty sure there'll be a few other people that'll probably agree Hamza Sheraz 18-0 He's been looking good, hasn't he, in his fights so far. He's been stepping up to the plate. He's been taking on the tests. And we're just seeing him getting better and better and better as a fighter. He's fighting a former world title challenger in Liam Williams, which, on paper, this is his most difficult fight. It is. It's his most difficult fight on paper. It's the toughest challenge he's got on paper. If he can come through this with flying colours, then we can genuinely start, as fans, getting excited about him at the prospects of world level, knowing what we know about the lack of depth in the middleweight division at the moment. And if you listen to our Boxing Wishlist episode a couple of weeks back, we were talking about that 
middleweight division is a really difficult division at the moment to really want to tune into. And it, it needs stars. It needs fighters to really come through and start pushing the envelope and start saying, look, I'm also here. I want to fight the best guys of the division. And I think this would be an opportunity for him to really show that he is good enough to beat the top guys at the top level. Now, Liam Williams, of course, we know he has been a former world title challenger. When he stepped up to the plate, he hasn't got the victories under his belt. So, effectively, this makes him, to me, a fringe contender in the division who has had the opportunity to fight for world titles, but when he stepped up, just hasn't been able to deliver. Obviously, he's had fights with Liam Smith and lost to Liam Smith. He had the Demetrius Andrade fight in 2021. He had Chris Eubank in 2022. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And every time he steps up at that level, he's he's lost. So it's an opportunity, really, for Hamza Sheraz to sort of show the world where he's at. But it's also the opportunity for Liam Williams to push on for one last crack and to show the world that he's still here and that he still wants his opportunity. You know, we're talking like Liam Williams is 40, he's not, he's 31 years of age. It just feels like he's been around forever. And I think when you get to a stage of your career where you've you've been at that level and you've fought the better guys around and you've not been able to beat those better guys around, what's kind of left to do for you? Well, you take on an up-and-coming fighter who's on the train tracks ready for an opportunity at a world title in the next 12 to 18 months and you try and derail that fighter off the train tracks and this is exactly what he's got to do, isn't it, Jamie? Yeah, very much so. Um, both men are coming off sort of stellar uh, stellar records their last two fights. Um uh, Shiraz, um, he stopped River Wilson Bent in 2022 and then 2023 um, he stopped Dimitro uh, Mitrofanov as well TKO both have been inactive over the last couple of years but they are you know they're, they're on a collision course it's nice to see Liam Williams sort of picking up a couple of wins even against uh, sort of unknowns you know going into this fight because Chris Eubank did sort of uh, he bounced them around the ring a little bit didn't he knocked him down three times wasn't able to spot the Explanation point on it in terms of a uh, knockout, but 
he did sort of uh, expose some defensive frailties in Liam Williams, and I think those are the same defensive frailties that I think Amza Heroes can exploit. He's very much, uh, to me, and this comparison may be way left field. You know, I might get shouted at that by all the fans listening, but Shiraz is very much in the mould of a sort of Joe Gallagher fighter. I know Liam Smith's not with Joe Gallagher anymore, but sort of hands up and, you know, walk forward, walk you down. And we know that Liam, Liam Williams, albeit sort of controversially in the first fight, I think, well, he was winning quite handily the first fight before it was stopped on a cut against Liam Smith. Only Liam Smith was able to solve the puzzle that was Liam Williams. And then you've got Hamza Shiraz, who is a bigger version in my eyes, hands fight, a big sort of pressure fighter, can really pull him away. He's had 14 knockouts out of his 18 wins. I can see him stopping this uh, sort of shot version of Liam Williams in about five, six rounds. Um, it would be nice. It would be nice to see sort of Dalby. Uh, get the win and sort of move forward, maybe reignite his career, but I can't really see it. As I say, I use the phrase shot-worn, and I think if you're not able to sort of beat, um, beat Chris Eubank, who I think at the time was with Roy Jones and sort of in between styles, not looking exactly brilliant, I don't really think you're going to you're gonna be able to beat a big, strong 24-year-old who's coming with a lot more sort of ambition other than just money, like Chris Eubank is. It's a good fight. It's a good fight for the weekend. And I think, you know, that's one of the ones for me that I'll be wanting to tune into first. But I do think the Liam Dillon, Reese Bellotti fight on the zone card is also one that quite interests me with them both picking up, respectively, the British and Commonwealth titles in the last fights. Uh, I think it's an interesting an interesting fight indeed. Bellotti's been around for quite some time. He's got five losses on his resume, but he always seems to find a way to to win certain fights when he matters. In his last fight, he got a win against Akib Fiaz in Liverpool when he probably wasn't expected to get that win. And I think as a result of that, he's put him back on the map because prior to that, he'd he'd lost three times in a in a row. Do you know, like a split decision, unanimous decision against Jordan Gill, lost to Raymond Ford, got stopped in 2021. Then he came back and he went on a bit of a career resurgence against Dean Dodge and Yusuf Kamari. And then that win against Fiaz has... He's putting right back on the map in this division domestically. So he's got a really good opportunity now to to pick up another title under his belt. And Liam Dillon is an undefeated fighter who I've been following for quite some time as well on the small hall shows. And he's now got himself into this position where he's on a, an, on a larger platform. And in his last fight, he got a split decision over Keish Asfak, which I thought was a, a really good win for him to get the British Super Featherweight title as well. And I think that was kind of his coming of age moment, really, in his career. And now they're at a point where both of them are, you know, they're, they're chomping at the bit, really, because both of them are, are going to want to get this victory and move on to even bigger fights, which will mean even bigger purses, of course. So it is going to be an interesting fight if you are tuning in or you want to flick between channels this weekend and you want to see what's going on. So I'll just have a quick dash around the cards as well. On the undercard of Sheraz versus Liam Williams, another another good fight again, guys. Sam Noakes versus Lewis Sylvester, Commonwealth lightweight title, Commonwealth Boxing Council lightweight title, WBC International Silver lightweight title, up for grabs, 12-0 versus 13-0 in the lightweight division. A lot's been made of Sam Noakes recently. A lot of people believing that he's going to go on to do big things. Of course, he stopped every opponent that he's been in the ring with. So, of course... With that on paper, you're expecting this to be an interesting fight indeed. But you can't 
rule out the guy in the opposite corner in Luis Sylvester, who I also believe has, in my opinion, had a had a had a good career so far. But I think, in terms of his level of opposition, it's not the same. I don't think he's had the same level of step ups as Sam Noakes has. So if I was a betting man, which I'm not really a betting man, I'd be looking at Noakes getting the victory on this one this weekend. But do your research, have a look at it if you are putting bets on this weekend. But I think Sam Noakes will win this particular fight. Anthony Yard is also on the card. We mentioned him a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about Callum Smith out of Peturbiev. He got mentioned in our reaction show with Joshua Barazzi being a potential opponent in the future after his win against Dan Aziz last weekend. So he's back against Marco Nikolic. And we talked a little bit about Anthony Yard, of course, coming back into the ring and getting himself in in prime shape and preparation for another big fight in his career. He also features on this particular card. So, yeah, there's quite a lot going on this weekend, especially for us domestically. Is there any one of them fights, aside from the, the bigger two that we've spoke about, that you, you're really interested in watching this weekend, Jamie? Um, Just the, the yard fight in the main... Um, I'm very Yard's had a very odd career, I think, because I've mentioned this. I think I mentioned it quite extensively on the boxing wish list. He seems to he goes in, he goes in at the very top, you know, creates fireworks. He loses, well, he loses well, if there is such a term. Um, loses, goes out on his shield, and then rather than building, he, he seems to be a fighter who doesn't really need to build too much momentum. But he just goes in against. Somebody you would maybe consider a, a no mark without being disrespectful. Um, that seems to be enough. He just shakes off a little bit of ring rust and then you can expect him to be back in with another superstar the fight after. So I'm intrigued to see whether he can just dispatch of Nikolic and um, maybe head towards a Josh, Josh Boazzi fight, which is being called for, um, which I would be very interested in. I'm more interested in that um, than I would be a Callum Smith encounter just because... As I mentioned in the last show, Callum Smith just seems to clam up when there's any any form of real resistance. And I think uh, Josh Boaz, he will give it more of a go. Um, so, yeah, I think that's what he's fighting for, really. You know, as I mentioned in the last show, you know, it's just all the best of the rest fighting each other. No one's going to get the top boys at the moment because they are going to be engaged on the uh, 1st of June card in Saudi. Uh, the top boys being Alpha Paterbiev, and Dimitri Vivov has to say they're, they're engaged with each other there. So, you know, they're, they're not going to be... He's not fighting one of the top boys, is he? They're just fighting for the championship of all the rest below them. Maybe a European sort of world title, as we used to get back in the 20s. Um, but, yeah, only Yard always intrigues me because he's a man who just... Yeah, he just doesn't seem to uh, go up the ladder. He goes from the bottom of the ladder right to the top and... Uh, with that sort of terrifying punch power he's got, he's always good value for money, isn't he, to watch? Absolutely. There is some interesting fights for you guys to watch this weekend. You will be hopping between watching on the zone and obviously watching on TNT Sports. And it's one of them weekends where it's kind of what you like and what you really fancy mostly this weekend. But I hope we've been able to give you a few of the good fights. One that I haven't mentioned in particular, and I'm going to mention it before I forget, Greg Richards back in the ring against Boris Crichton in a 10-rounder in the light heavyweight division on the Liam Dillon Reese Bellotti card as well. So please, if you are interested in seeing the landscape of the light heavyweight division, see if Craig Richards can come back and get a victory. And, and maybe he could call out Joshua Barazzi again. Maybe he could call out 
Callum Smith. Maybe he could put his name out there for for another big fight in his career. Maybe he could even shout out and look for 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 a completely different fight. Who knows? But he is also fighting on this card this weekend as well. So at the start of the show, we did say that we wanted to mention a certain fighter's retirement that has just been announced today. As we record this episode, we have now found out that John Ryder has made the decision to withdraw himself from the professional world of boxing and he's retired and he's going into the matchroom gym with Tony Sims and he's going to be working alongside him and helping train other fighters. So it's really just a few minutes, guys, just to sort of reflect again upon his career. I know we have done it recently when he lost to Munguia a week or so ago, but I suppose now he's made that decision, Jamie. It's really an opportunity just to get to again reflect on on what his career was made of, really. And I know you said it in, in one of our shows recently where, you know, what, what makes a good career and, and everyone sort of has this pressure on them. They've got to be a world champion. Otherwise, if they're not a world champion, then they've had a, they've had a crap career. Whereas someone like a, a John Ryder, who has fought some of the best and fought some really notable names in his career and given off some really good performances... I honestly think he's had a good career. Like, if I was looking at this career six or seven years ago, and I'd have been looking at him and thinking, he would have never have got to those heights that he got to in terms of the fights he's had back-to-back with Canelo and Munguia. Honestly, if you would have asked me this when I first started getting involved in boxing media, I probably would have laughed at you and said, absolutely not, this guy's ceiling. He's probably nothing more than domestic or even European. But the fact he was able to hang it with, with world contenders... Uh, especially the Canelo fight, of course, in particular, and obviously Callum Smith when he was super middleweight champion. The fact he was able to do that to me, I think he should take a lot of credit for, given that early on in his career, he was stopped by Nick Blackwell and people were looking at that going, he isn't going to go anywhere. So what would you say to that, Jamie, given what we've spoken about recently in terms of him retiring? And obviously for for me, it's the right decision. I'm sure you'll probably agree. But what do you make of of making this retirement decision? And, And again, a little bit of his career synopsis from yourself, really. Well, I've had time to assess my uh, career appraisal of it. Maybe it was a bit harsh on the last show. I didn't make any definitive statements. I was just posing the question of, you know, do we do we count success as money or titles? Um, and, you know, when I say reassessing the appraisal, I would say his career has been a success. Um, he's battled on the world stage against some really notable contenders and he's well, not contenders, champions as well in, in terms of Danny Jacobs. Uh, I think he beat Callum Smith, although he didn't get the decision. But again, that's something that we're going to sort of rave about on uh, the likes, you know, of our reaction shows and the shooting the breeze for time and memorial, you know, uh, decisions that, that weren't received that should have been got. So really, I suppose, yeah, re- reassessing everything. John Ryder should have been a world champion. He's another sort of Jack Catterall from our shores because he won that fight. Um, if I was to make a comparison with one of our sort of uh, heroes from the past, I'd say he's, you know, and my dad would probably scream at me for this because uh, he was my favourite European fighter, but he's sort of like a modern-day Tony Simpson. You know, he uh, he hangs in, with the, um, hangs in with the top names. Can't quite go over the line, but he's always in there. You know, Simpson fought Andres. He got absolutely battered by Marvin Hagler. And, you know, this is where I make that assessment because, let's face it, John Ryder got battered and he was brave and he went out on his shield against uh, Canal Alvarez. But 
I'm sure he would have been rewarded more handsomely than Tony Simpson was against the marvellous one. So, yeah, he's got a lot to be proud of. Um, I think he'll be a bit upset that he never sort of bagged the major title. Um, but really, when you look at the Callum Smith performance, that was through no fault of his own. Um, a very nice man. Uh, well, I don't know him personally, but he comes across as a very nice man in interviews. I think uh, he could end up being a very good trainer. You tend to find that those who are the most attack-minded are very good trainers because they know that the, the importance and the uh, the absolute imperative nature of avoiding punches. So I think um, it'll be a nice little right arm to um, to the Matram stable in in terms of their in terms of their training. Tony Sims will be more than happy to have him in there supporting him. So all the best to John Ryder. Um, he's given us many entertaining nights and. Yeah, I think he retired at the right time. You don't want to turn into... I think I made the comparison a couple of weeks ago. You don't want to turn into the sort of super middleweight Derek Chisora. You know, enjoy your faculties while you've got them. Enjoy your money and hopefully use that undoubted world-level experience that you have had, even though you've not been on the winning end of that, um, to bring through the champions of the future. All the best to you, John. Well... Couldn't have said it better myself, Jamie. Thank you for that assessment of John Ryder, his career, and what holds the future for him. So, a little bit of housekeeping before we come to an end of this particular show. Legendary Nights, again, still going at the moment, guys. Still plugging away. The latest episode, episode 7, has just been released. And it is the tale of Penel Whitaker and Julio Cesar Chavez. If you haven't listened to that, please do go back and listen to it. A very interesting tale, a very controversial tale. And, of course, there's always stories that surround it, which you probably won't have heard before. So please go back and listen to the latest Legendary Nights episode. It is available to listen to either on the BTR Boxing Podcast main feed or the Legendary Nights podcast feed. Also, if you haven't listened to our latest episode of Shooting the Breeze, we're talking about the reaction to Fury versus Usyk being postponed and rescheduled. There's also an episode there on that as well. If you haven't heard the recent reaction show on Joshua Barazzi and Dan Aziz, also please do go and tune into that show as well. If you haven't left any comments recently, please go and do it. If you're on Spotify listening, go and drop a comment below when it asks what you think of the episode, any thoughts and feelings on the episodes themselves or anything that we've said in the episodes, any of our opinions that you want to jump on the back on or you want to challenge, please go and do that. If you want to get at us on social media, you can do so on Twitter, which is now known as X at BTR Boxing Pod, or we're all over Facebook. If you just type in BTR Boxing Podcast Network, you can find us on there. And you can even just Google us and you'll find everything that we do. The YouTube channel, absolutely everything is on there. Just a quick Google search will do the trick for you to find everything that we have out there at the moment. I want to say a final thank you to the patrons of the podcast. I hope you've enjoyed your early access so far this season. So every single Legendary Nights episode, of course, there's a few more left to go before we come to the end of this particular season. And we appreciate you and thank you very much, as always, for supporting us. If you're not a patron and you're interested in becoming one, please check us out at patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast. On there, you can get ad-free versions of the episodes. You can get early access to the series-based content. There is patron-only content on there as well, which you can listen to, which hasn't been released to the general public. So please do go and have a little check of that and see if there's anything you can do to support us on that score as well. If you haven't seen the results of the Sports Podcasting Group Awards, unfortunately, we didn't win. 
well, we didn't expect to, to be honest with you. And we're up against the boxing show and Simon Jordan and Talk Sport and George Groves' boxing club. You know, we're not able to compete with that same level of financial. So when we sit here and we say, if you can become a patron, this is the time to do it. It'd be really appreciated if you could go and have a quick check of that because all the financial support that we do get from Sports Social and from you guys as patrons is really, really helping us develop the seasons as the years go by. But anything more that anybody can add to it, anybody that might even be interested in sponsoring one of the seasons, the upcoming seasons of career profiles and later in the year, the darker side of boxing will be returning. So if anybody is interested in potentially getting some advertising space within the episodes, it would be really appreciated if you could drop me an email at beyondtheropesboxingpodcast at gmail.com and we can talk business and we can talk about what we can do for you on this show and the series. Well, that is it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Big Fight Preview. Tiafimo Lopez and Jermaine Ortiz do battle on Thursday and on Saturday. It's Hamza Sherez versus Liam Williams. Go and check them out and we'll be back next week with our reaction show. Podcast Network.